Shalom, today's daf Yomi is Nazir daf Chaf Ches, Nazir 28, and we're going to go to Mishnah on the bottom of Chaf Ches Amabez, where the Mishnah talks about the fact that a father can uh, can accept Nazirus on behalf of his minor child, whereas the mother is not able to do that, and also that the son or the relatives are able to object if they don't want this Nazirus. We're also going to learn what about what are the sacrifices of the Naziris if they were separated prior to the son or the relatives objecting. So says the Mishnah, Ha'ish Madir Nazir, that a man is able to make a vow for his minor son to be a Nazirite. And he's able to do it in one of two ways. He's able to do it by saying, Yehei Bini Nazir, that my son shall be a Nazir, and under those circumstances, a Naziris would apply immediately when the father says that. Even if the son doesn't know that the father actually made him a Nazir, the son will still be automatically a Nazir. And the second way is that he commands his son that his son accepts upon himself the Naziris. And that and the Birchas Rosh writes that these two ways in doing this are dependent upon the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish in our Gemara. That according to Rabbi Yochanan, this law is a law from Moses at Sinai, that a father can accept him as Zerus on behalf of his son. Whereas according to Rish Lakish, the reason is because of the educational responsibilities that he needs to command his son that he accepts upon himself as Zerus. So either it's a law from Moses at Sinai, or it comes with under the rubric of Chinuch, that a father is responsible to educate his child. However, the halacha is, well, before we go on to however, the, there's a discussion at what age the father can accept an Azir on behalf of his son. And and let's say the father does accept an Azir on behalf of his son, who is, and then the son goes out and drinks the wine, who is going to be in violation of the prohibition of Baal who of violating this vow? Is it the father, is it the father, uh, or is it the son? And 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 so th- these are going to be some of the discussions uh, that come up. Another issue that comes up is: Is the father able to go and annul now the nazirus that his son has has accepted, or just the opposite? Can the son go and go to a chacham and annul this vow? So. So that's some of the discussions on this very, very powerful topic of a father accepting Nazirus on behalf of his son. Now, you, I know it sounds crazy. How can a father accept Nazirus on behalf of his child? But there's so many times where parents actually make difficult religious choices on behalf of their children today. They decide which school to go, uh, how to, what, what camps to go to, how to educate them, many circles who for, the, for whom they should be marrying. And so really this is a form of the parents accepting religious responsibilities on behalf of the child. However, it says the Mishnah, Ein ha'isha maderes benazir. A woman is not able, the mother is not able to make her son a Nazirite. And so therefore the, the mother is not able to make a vow and that her son should be a Nazirite. But of course this is a very difficult question because the reason why this is a difficult question is because we know that there is at least one major example in the Bible where a mother did accept a Naziris on behalf of her son, and that was Hannah. Hannah took a vow that her son 
will be a Nazir. That's what she says in Shmuel Aleph in chapter 1, verse 11 of the book of Shmuel. And even the, and the, even though the Mishnah tells us that only the father can, can make a Nazirite and not the mother, but nevertheless, Hannah herself did it. So how was Hannah able to do this? So the Radak is bothered by this question. He says, it says in the verse, Shechana took the vow, Vatidor Nedar Vatomer. She took a vow and she said, Venatati Hashem I will give him to Hashem all the days of his life. And the, and the razor will not come up on his head. And so the question is, how could Hannah make this vow about her son? Then he'll be a Nazarite. But he, he wasn't even in existence in the world. And even if we'll say that he was he was in the world because uh, uh, that that he was conceived or, or he was concept in the world because the father can make, a, can make a vow on behalf of the child, it says explicitly in the Mishnah that the, the wife can't do it. So the Radak already asked this question. And we don't see anywhere explicitly in the verse that Shmuel's father took this vow. We don't see that Elkanah made this vow, only that Hannah did it. So the Mabit writes that indeed the Naziris would be applicable from the, um, from the fact that the father can make the son a Nazarite. And in fact, Elkanah is the one who actually made this vow. And, but even though it doesn't say that in the verse, we could say that this is hinted to by the fact that it, that she said to Elkanah, Vayomer Elkanah Isha, Vayomer So it seems to indicate that Elkanah actually did indeed take this vow, take this vow, also that Shmuel should be a Nazir. In the Sefer Dor Yasharim, he gives a different answer. He says that when it says in the Mishnah that the father can make the child into a Nazir and not the, the wife, that's only when the son does not explicitly say that he's going to be a Nazarite. But if the son, when he gets older, says that specifically he will be a Nazir, then he's going to be a Nazarite on his own accord. And so therefore, the Sefer Doria Sharm explains that, this, that Shmuel's mother, Hannah, she took a vow that he's going to be Nazirus and he'll sit his whole life as a Nazir before Hashem. And that was actually dependent upon the fact that he was going to reaffirm that when he got older. And so therefore, that's what we're talking about here, that she said that he was going to reaffirm it when he got older.